Hey everyone, this is Anthony Fleming, Senior Pastor of Church Alive, praying that this message is fresh, real and powerful in your mind, your heart, your family, every part of your life. If you enjoy these messages, subscribe to it, share it with a friend to build their faith. God bless you as you lean in to the power and presence of God's Word. next to you say you're good looking and people like you you're good looking and people like you so if you're new to church alive if this is your first time every year we take about four weeks out of the year and we address relationships why because if you look everywhere around you relationships families are falling apart And we believe the church exists to help empower you in every part of your world through the word of God to give you the principles from his word so you can thrive in your marriage as parents, as children, as school people. What are those people called? Students? That's what they're called. School people. And, uh, you know, (laughs) so yes, that is why we do this. It's interesting. Last uh, last week, uh, one of our online hosts said that there was someone that came on the chat and was like, why are you guys doing therapy session in church? It should be just the Bible. I'm like, Honey, let me tell you something. The church is a representation of a marriage. It is giving your heart, giving your life. And if we can have healthy marriages and healthy families, society is desperate for an awakening on the church to rise up with bold families and bold marriages because we need to be the answer because we have the answer. And so it is our job as pastors to come and empower you to help you build the things that matter in this world, which is your relationships it's your family, it's, it's your spouses and all the good stuff that comes with that. You know, my, my mother told me many years ago, she was like, she told me this and maybe it was part to, to lure me into following Jesus more, but she said, she said, son, if you'll follow Jesus, he'll give you an amazing wife. And he did, he did. So come on, shout out to mum for motivating me. Philippians chapter two, verse two says this, they make my joy complete. Paul is speaking to the church, but I think it's such a useful one for relationships, families, marriages. By being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit. Someone say one in spirit. One in spirit. And of one mind, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Someone say, Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking out to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Yes. So last week we started talking about what healthy and united oneness looks. The truth is the moment you get married, you consummate that marriage, you become one. But we know that the art of oneness, staying united, staying healthy, being on the same page is something you have to work on all the time. And so last week we talked a little bit about preferences versus priorities and that so many of us, we moralize our preferences. We tear down our spouse if perhaps they don't do things the way you want them to do it or if they're not like you but isn't it interesting that most of us have married or in a relationship with someone who's completely different from us right they say opposites attract but then then they attack but then they attack girlfriend (laughs) and then they attack yes (laughs) and and let me give you an example of this you you might have met a guy or a woman and and you're like wow they're so goal-oriented and then you're married you're like are you ever home Uh, You're always checking off your list and at the gym and this and that. (laughs) You know, sometimes you can meet the... the, Yeah. Just kidding. You can meet a shy person. You're like, oh my gosh, I just love the fact he's brooding. You can tell he's deep. And and then later you're like, do you ever talk? Yeah. 
again, opposites attract, then sometimes they attack. Um, laid back, oh, I just love the just calm person. You're like, you're lazy. Can you get your stuff together? You know, some, I enjoy the fact you're neat. You're a neat person. Then later you're like, you're OCD. You're obsessive compulsive. Your, your, your shirts are all in line. Your, your colours are colour coordinated. I Any mean, colour coordinated people in the house, in your wardrobe. Sometimes. In your wardrobe. No, not many people. We like all to. need help actually. <laughs> Looks like it. Oh my goodness. But yes, and, and for a healthy oneness in marriage, there must be a priori- priority on to celebrate, my goodness, I can't speak, celebrating yeah. one another's differences. Yeah. It'll be so hard at times. And this past week, we gave everyone the challenge for seven days of encouragement. Did anyone do that? The seven days of encouragement? Okay, like five Gigi of you. and Marco, All Fernando right. did. Yes. Good. We but- did it. And let me say, I had to hold my tongue quite a lot this past week, you know? So yeah. I, was I enjoyed like, this week, but. <laughs> I was you like, the what? cat's got your tongue. What happened? <laughs> Yo, you go home with me later. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> yes, but for a healthy oneness in marriage, there must be a priority on celebrating each other's difference. We also talked about taking accountability for our own attitudes and actions. Yeah, and we said, and you have to do this in every area of life, but you've got to acknowledge, address and adjust some things. Attitudes, remember this, come from feelings and feelings come from focus. Attitudes come from feelings and feelings come from focus. But I I want us to say this together. Say, I can't. I can't. Have a blessed house. Have a blessed house. Without a blessed attitude. Without a blessed attitude. Now say, I can't. I can't. Have a blessed house. Have a blessed house. Without a right focus. Without a right focus. Stop imitating me. (laughs) Honey, I'm trying to make the church more Australian, okay? Amen. I can't have a blessed house. You know when we go to heaven, we'll all have Australian accents. You know that, right? Amen. That's fine in the book of Anthony, chapter 2, verse 22. (laughs) But today we want to continue talking about oneness because it is important and it is hard sometimes. But in marriage, it means to keep growing toward each other. And those of us who've been married, for longer than five years, four years, whatever, understand that it is the temptation is to actually grow apart sometimes. You know, depending on if you have different careers, which the majority of us do, it's so easy to get so wrapped up in your career, your calling, your successes. You'll read books on whatever it is that you're in. If you're real estate, if you're uh, in politics or whatever it is that you're in, you'll educate yourself in that area. But I find that so many people never really invest in growing in their families and in their marriages. It's so important to get books on yeah. parenting, get books on, on marriage. Sometimes until it's too late. Until it's too late. Yeah, yeah, until it's too late. But it's easy. What winds up happening is we wind up focusing on the things that we're good at, right? So if you're good at your job, if you're good at work, if you're good at, I don't know what it is that you're good at, but then you come home and at home you're always told what you're not good at. What winds up happening is people want to go home less and stay more where they're encouraged, where they're yeah. celebrated, right? Because yeah. what you celebrate gets repeated. So if you're at work and you have coworkers who are not your spouse, always celebrating Uh-oh. how good you are, guess what? It's going to sound and feel better to stay somewhere where you're often celebrated. But we have to make the priority of our homes being a safe place where they, our spouses, our children are not berated, but they're celebrated, they're encouraged. It has to be the safest place. And it won't be easy. 
and it won't be natural. Sometimes you will have to bite your tongue. Sometimes you will have to put on love because our love will run out sometimes. We will get frustrated. We will be tired and overwhelmed. But if we don't foster that environment of, at home of encouragement, of celebration, someone else will foster it for your spouse elsewhere. Yeah. So let their let home be the most encouraging and safest place for your spouse. It also needs to be a place where real, authentic, and honest conversations need to happen. Now for women, that's not hard. We don't mind a good conversation. We need to talk. And men are like, I'm out. I'll see you later. I'm going to go work out. I'm going to go walk the dog. And, and the truth is you can't avoid the hard conversations. He doesn't do that, actually. He's actually really good at wanting to talk. I'm more of the avoider. I'm more like, I'm mad at you. Get out of my face. You know what I'm saying? But he's actually, Anthony, through the years, like, that's something that, thank God, we... You realize I have that. If you, if you want to talk and I don't want to do it, I'm just like, I got to walk the dog. No, did I just give you an idea? Yeah, that's not that was good. good. Thanks, Let's babe. not do that. Let's remember this moment of what not to do. Um, but yes, don't avoid the hard, hard conversations. And I think for us ladies, how we have those conversations will be how they listen to those conversations, right? And so often, you know, we want our husbands to be gentle towards us, but we're sometimes the harshest towards them. And so it's so important how we say it and why we say it and staying on the same page. You know, I, I had something happen recently that was kind of funny, but for some reason, because I'm in a relationship series, it made me think about the relationship series. Oh, boy. So I'm walking my dog, and I had a coffee with me. And um, it was a beautiful day. It was Tuesday, and it was, it was uh, blue skies. It was kind of cold. But anyway, I was warm enough to have my coffee, and I'm walking my dog. And I just had this picture that was going to be this amazing walk with my dog with my coffee. Just picture dog, coffee. And a then, crazy dog, mind and you. And a little bit of a crazy dog. But yeah. five minutes into it, obviously, my dog does his business. I've got this little bag of poo. And somehow the picture of how I saw the walk going with my nice coffee somehow got spoiled, obviously, by the bag. And a bit smelly, I'm assuming. So I'm yeah. sipping my coffee with a bag. <laughs> I'm sipping my coffee with a bag. I'm picturing it and so forth. And the truth is, and, and here's the illustration, because some of you are like, why in the world are you talking about this? Wherever you go, there you are. If you don't deal with your junk, if you don't deal with your issues, if you don't deal with your bag of poo, which is your issues, which is, which is your challenges sometimes, wherever you go, you can ruin a great environment with your issues. Have you ever met someone on vacation and they're still having a bad time? Why? Wherever you go, there you are. There you be, baby. Yes. <laughs> Listen to this, a Harvard Business Review actually said this, that the, that the highest performing teams had a complement ratio of six to one. Psychologists actually say that relational, those who have excellent relationships actually have a ratio of six to one. Like one, comp, sorry, one insult, it'll often take you six compliments to get over that one. So it can't be this one-to-one. -one. And the worst actual teams were one that had a half compliment for every um, one insult or, or critique. And so our homes have to be encouraging. And you may not have grown up like that, but how many know you can keep growing? Yes. How many know you can keep on changing the atmosphere with your own tongue? Amen. Here's what the Bible says, Proverbs 12, 18. The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. I would say this to you, the, the, the wise tongue says sorry. How many know wisdom says sorry? 
Wisdom recognizes when you're wrong. I literally had to tell my wife sorry yesterday. He did, guys. He sure did. Like yesterday. I felt like I disqualified myself from, from talking about relationships because I just, I don't know, I gave her attitude about something. And she was like, why are you being so rude to me? He was so rude. I was like, what the heck happened to you? And then he said, And so I had to say sorry. Yes. And then she had to say, get out of my face. No. No, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm stretching the Not truth, actually. Not the truth at all. Um, the wise man, though, bites their tongue but looks for a time when they can effectively talk about yes. the situation. So we must identify and foster the moments, the people, the resources that will help us turn toward. Someone say turn toward. Turn toward. Turn toward each other, not apart. Toward. Um, toward. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> one of the reasons why you need prayer, one of the reasons why you don't, um, it's not a suggestion, it's a need of yes, yours, good. is prayer turns your heart towards one another. Amen. The longer I live, the longer I'm a Christian, the more I respect the Lord's prayer. Not if you're going through it on a religious recitation, but I'm telling you from a taking yourself through the stages of the Lord's prayer. Why? Forgive us our sins as I forgive those who sin against me. I cannot go through the Lord's prayer without forgiveness. Yes both to God and then to other people. And so why do you need prayer? Trust me, your marriage will actually increase your prayer life. Yes. Yes. Your marriage will actually increase it if you do it right. That's right. But I'm so thankful that many, many years ago, I, I, I learned from a praying woman, a praying mother basically, and that has blessed my life. I promise you this has blessed my life for now 18 years of marriage. Because I learned to pray, yes. I promise you, I'm a way better husband than I would have been. Yes, you are. Amen. 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 I was looking for some more encouragement there, you're but amazing, whatever. You're amazing, babe. Amazing. But you shushed me, so you're a little less amazing now. No, no just I'm kidding. kidding. <laughs> no, you're awesome. But there's some things that, some resources, some TV shows, some music that actually, um, they don't pull us toward each other. They actually pour this, uh, pour, uh, pull us away from each other. You know, years ago when we first got married, I don't know if you guys remember that show. I think it might still play. Everybody Loves Raymond. Anybody ever heard of that show? Yeah. It's funny, right? Oh, wholesome. It's a funny. Actually, if you actually really sit in there and listen, it is so dishonorable of the way the wife speaks to the husband, the, yeah. the, the environment that is cultivated in their home of dishonor. Our country doesn't need any more help when it comes to dishonor. We have right. so much dishonor yeah. all over the place. Children dishonoring their teachers, dishonoring their parents. Like, I mean, if we do not teach honor in our homes, we are raising a generation of troublemakers and dishonor. Here, let me tell you something. I saw some dishonor recently and I went home to my children and I said if you ever ever talk to me like I saw someone talk to someone else recently you are leaving planet earth real quick you know and so I don't condone that stuff but you know what I mean so I was just like wow we don't do that we honor each other because a we're honorable and b because that is what the Lord has commanded to honor one another even if the person is wrong you can still be honoring and so there's tv shows there's music I mean the filth that is out in society that pulls down marriage that that pulls down family, that pulls down love, God's standard for love, not the world's standard for lust. There is a difference between love and lust. There is a difference between honor and dishonor. And we have a responsibility, hear me mom and dad, 
hear me now. We have a huge responsibility to raise up our children in a way that they understand honor. Because if not, our generations will continue to see the mayhem that has been created because mom and dad said not, didn't say knock that out. Mom and dad didn't go through with a punishment sometimes or with discipline. We need to discipline our families so that we are raising strong societies and godly societies. So honor is important. That's good, babe. The summary of the Ten Commandments is the first four deal with honor God, the next six deal with honor people. The fulfillment of the, the Ten Commandments is both honor and love. Here's what the, the scripture says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse four. Marriage should be, someone say should be. Should be. Now it means it should be because it's not by everyone, but marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed kept pure for God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. Why, what does it mean to honor marriage? It means to regard it or treat it with admiration and respect. I recently took uh, one of my daughters to karate and uh, she was like, Daddy, I want to go to karate. I want to be Cobra Kai and different stuff. And I was like, cool. Okay, I'll take you. You know, we'll go for a couple of times and see how we go. And actually, I, I felt like I got a lesson as I was watching the karate dojo instructor. And, and he was literally sending kids back. They were meant to come up to him, say, yes, sir, and do this little funky bow and get their belt and all this kind of stuff. And as I'm watching it, he was sending them back if they wouldn't do it in an appropriate way. He was basically teaching them honour. And sometimes you have to send back your thoughts and teach them to honour. Like there's a t-shirt out there. I know that it's like game over and the guy just got married down the Jersey Shore. I remember that always has been imprinted on my mind. What's that? It's a thought that the player game is over once you're married. You're right. It is. But marriage must be honoured if I'm a Christ follower. God made marriage. And it's a gift. Yeah. Sometimes you'll hear people joking about it, right? Like talking bad about marriage and they're married. They, they, their wife is not there. So they say things and it might be fun in games, but eventually, and I think my husband said it, you know, recently, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you're always speaking negatively about marriage, speaking negatively about your spouse, eventually you're cultivating those realities into your world because what we say has power. The Bible says our tongue has power for life and death. And so watch what you say honor marriage because God actually honors marriage. Yeah. So it's important that well, we what happens that. is it actually reveals the heart and then it solidifies the heart. Yes. So if you don't honor marriage, you're revealed of your heart, yeah. but then you actually speak words of death and you solidify your heart. Yeah. And so that's why you need to be under the teaching of the Word that God loves marriage, that God's for marriage and God is for your marriage. And if you're single in here and you grew up in a dysfunctional marriage, I want to encourage you that if you follow the Lord, I promise you, your marriage can be far better than your parents. It really can. Yeah, that's good. Amen. So your question might be like, okay, so if I'm succeeding and I'm growing in business and I'm growing in my career and my calling, how do I make sure that I grow in my relationship with my family as well? How do I bring them along the journey? This is a great opportunity to say, if you're not in a transform group, it's time to sign up for a transform group because they discuss the four quadrants of life, right? And one of them is relationship. So if every area of your life is going on target, if every area, if you're growing in, in business and finance and 
and health, but your marriage is struggling, then actually all the other successes don't even really matter because the one that God's yeah. actually called you to cherish and, and to take care of and protect, if you're failing at that, get around people who will celebrate um, your progress when it comes to marriage. And yeah, so right. it's important that when you ask, how am I investing in my money? How am I investing in work? You're also asking, how am I investing in my marriage? Yeah, how am I good. investing in my family? And yeah. so, and here's the thing. Uh, you know, maybe some of us wives would be like, oh, see what she's saying. Yeah, you invest too much time at work. And the tension is, yeah, right? Like, you know, I know there's always people who will meet us in the foyer. Yeah, pastor, tell, tell my husband that, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, this is not the time, ladies. Yeah, never say you know, that, by the way. Never say that. It's awkward for me and him. But yeah. anyway, but the truth is, here is this the situation. Everyone's family dynamic is unique. Look, we yeah. have firefighters in here. We have doctors in here. We have teachers in here. We have, you know, if you're in the military and most likely you may not be here, you might be deployed. Everyone's family dynamic will be different. So you can't compare it. But the question that you need to all ask is how can I still be present for my family, even though my time is different, even though our reality might be different. Maybe not everyone can be home for dinner at six, but there are other things that you can do to be fully present and so that your family's love tank can be full. Here's the thing, there's a lot of families, a lot of dads, a lot of moms, because of guilt, they'll lavish love on their children in the way they think their children wanna be loved, but maybe that's not their love language, and we don't have time to unpack that right now, but a good resource for you is the five love languages by uh, Gary Chapman. And that's a great and important resource that will help you because just like our cars, they need certain type of fuel. But if you put the wrong fuel in your car, your car's engine won't last very long. And just like our families, our children, I ask my kids all the time, like Shelly, what's your love language? And I talk her through it. We explain what they are. She's like, oh, I'm a quality time person. And, and Ben is definitely, he's a, you know, physical touch. He's very affectionate. And Hopi, who knows? She's probably all five, just like me, you know? And so. When we were dating, we read the book five love languages and i was like you're all five but, but and i was now, like i'm in trouble <laughs> but now i know i'm acts of service i figured that out acts so, of service yes don't forget that's the one that's the one yeah i'm worst at all but right good it is important that you know and i give an example in the last service pastor fernando and his wife ebeth she's actually a flight attendant she's always traveling and so what what is the question they need to ask to stay intentional and to stay present in their yeah. marriage and i actually love it because whenever she's traveling and we need to speak to Fernando, it's like, oh hold on i'm facetiming ebeth or they have such an incredible intentionality because of her schedule yeah. because of her work yeah. so it's not necessarily more hours but it's quality time it's yeah. quality hours. And if someone in here present. is building a business, they're an entrepreneur and so forth, you do understand often that the first number of years, there is more time involved yeah. and before it can take off. And sometimes if you're just men or women, bring the guy on team on that and say, babe, I'm, I'm building it, I'm building it. And then you'll have to listen when she's freaking out or you're freaking out. You're like, we get no time together. Slow down a little bit. Yeah. Take the time and invest in one another. You'll never regret investing in yes, one another. That's right. Yeah. Amen. And something recently I've had to do just for my family, because after you get home from work and you're just drained, like it's not fair to my kids if every time I come home from work, I'm just done and I'm spent. I have no energy. They see a tired mom all the time. I've literally decided at 5 p.m. or 6 p.m. whenever I get home, my phone is off. There's like five people who have access to me. It's my family and very close people in my world. But other than that, my phone is off because my kids deserve an attentive, full of energy 
energy mom. And if my phone is always going off, if Instagram is always pulling my attention, then I'm giving priority to the wrong things. And my children, your children will be raised by something other than you if you're not careful. So it's so important that we do that. A lack of intentionality will disconnect oneness. Let me say that again. A lack of intentionality will disconnect oneness. I, I met a man in our church service uh, a number of years ago. He was like, and, and we began to talk about date night and so forth. He's like, I hadn't taken out my date, my wife, in 36 years. I was like, well, I'm sure she's glad to be married to you. <laughs> I didn't say that out loud. I just said that internally. But... Um, Listen, I was talking to my sister actually recently and her and her husband have actually a great marriage in Australia, but she was with four of her girlfriends and all of them were complaining what the guy didn't do on Valentine's Day. Like one of them actually works in a florist and he literally goes up, slaps her on the bum and says, babe, just choose yourself some flowers and that's your present for Valentine's Day. How many know, ladies, that's probably not intentional? (laughs) Um... Get around some men who are doing date night. Get around some men who are trying to win in this area of their lives. It is a vital part of your life. I believe this, Proverbs 19 verse 20 speaks about this. It says, listen to advice. Someone say listen. Listen to advice and accept discipline. And watch this now. And at the end, you'll be counted among the wise. Coming to a service one time, You might get a tidbit, but I promise you, this isn't going to change your life unless you actually listen and then start to apply discipline. I've been reading relationships books for 18 years, I think. And and I think I still have to keep on reading and keep on learning and keep on growing. And I promise you this, men and women, that if you keep applying knowledge and keep learning over the years, you'll eventually become wise. Because I guarantee at your funeral, you would love someone to look at, kind of speak about you like, my goodness, this person was so intentional. This person was wise. This person kept learning. This person kept growing. That doesn't happen by accident. It's not a personality type. It's actually a priorities thing. That's good. Amen? Yes. All right, so we're... Switching gears, because again, time is running out. Uh, Point number two, staying a healthy one means you're committed to speaking with kindness and listening with understanding. So two years ago, we talked a lot about this. We said, listen to understand. I mean, how many of us know that when we're listening and we're in the middle of a quarrel, we're actually not listening to understand what the person's saying. We're actually listening to respond. Like, we can't wait to get our one line in there. Like, well, I said, you know what I'm saying? Like, we are so quick to want to respond because we want our opportunity to talk, but we just disqualified anything they said because we weren't listening with empathy. We weren't listening with understanding. We were listening only so that we can get to our part and be able to defend ourselves, but we need to listen with understanding and speak with kindness, which is not easy, but it is a skill that must be valued highly. You know, I read a book recently called You're Not Listening. thought it was a cool title. It's a really good book. (laughs) It actually is. By Kate Murphy, and she says this, listening is undoubtedly the most important part of communication. It is only by listening that we understand, engage, connect, empathize, and develop as human beings. Watch this now. Listening then is fundamental to any successful relationship. The reason people often feel unheard and misunderstood by their partners is largely because people in long-term relationships tend to lose their curiosity for each other. So good. They become convinced they know each other better than they do and do not listen because they already know what the person will say. Now watch this now. We all make assumptions. Someone say we. 
We. We all make assumptions when it comes to those we love. It's called a closeness communication bias. As wonderful as familiarity and intimacy are, they make us complacent, leading us to overestimate our ability to read those closest to us. So good. Watch this now. Relying on the past to understand someone in the present is doomed for failure. Isn't that good? So good. Isn't that good? Yeah. Someone say, listen. Listen. Come on, say, say, listen. Listen. The book of James says that you'd be quick to listen. This is honestly a challenge of mine, being quick to listen. I'm a talker, I'm a verbal communicator. I, I process actually out loud, which means I say things before I've even really thought through it. If you've ever been to a third 1pm service, that just is part of the process. I'm there to build you, there to grow you. But listen to what the Apostle Paul says. He says, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. He says this to every Christian. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults. Because of your love, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit. That means it doesn't just happen. Make every effort means there's intentionality and there's work. Make every effort means you might have to read some books about it. You might have to say sorry, you might have to forgive. Make every effort means it doesn't just fall on you like a, like a, a bad habit, honestly. It's actually... It's choosing the right thing. He says, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit. And then it says, binding yourselves together with peace. You know, one of the interesting things, actually, let me give you this last Cherokee quote and then we're gonna do something a little different. This, I love this Cherokee quote. It says this, if you listen to the whispers, you won't have to hear the screams. If you listen to the whispers, if you listen to the complaints, if you listen, what's the primary thing they've been saying all these years? If you listen to the whispers, it says you won't have to hear the screams. I believe this is in leadership. I believe this is in life. I believe this is in marriage. It's so important. And I want us to do something because as I read Ephesians 4, I, I look at my own inability, to be honest, to do that. I see my own inability to just be completely patient, completely humble, completely um, just, yeah, whatever it is that God asks of me, actually the Word will actually show you that you can't do it. But then you actually say, oh God, help me surrender. And the moment I surrender, I'm now in a position where I can do it. See, I'm going to be filled with something. How many know that? You're going to be filled with something, but you in a moment can be filled with the Spirit of Christ. And I want you to, on your seat today, as you came in, there will be a small little cup. It'll be a communion cup. And I want us to take that out together. And I want to read you a passage of Scripture. Go ahead and rip off the first lid and take the wafer. I'll let everyone do that together so it, Sounds so nice. Isaiah 53 says this. Surely He took up our pain. Someone say our pain. I remember many years ago 
the Holy Spirit quickened this scripture to my heart. It was in a service and I'd never really paid attention to verse four. I'd always paid attention to verse five and, and six. And then in verse four, it says, surely He took up our pain. Other translations say, surely He took up our griefs. Surely He took up our sorrows. And all of a sudden, I felt like I was to minister on this thought that Jesus didn't just die for your sins, but He died for your pain, died for your sorrow, and He died for your griefs. I was speaking to someone last Sunday in our church and just briefly talking and he said, what if, what if something has happened to you that's so bad? That what do, you, what do you do with that? And I said, listen, just like we're not meant to carry our own sins, neither are we meant to carry our own pain. See, the truth of a counsellor, if you go to a counsellor and they can, you know, you go through and you tell them some of the hard things you've gone in your life and they'll begin to say, well, you're reacting this way because you've gone through this. You're reacting this way because you've gone through this. And there's some real validity and strength in doing that because basically you're admitting some things and then you're talking through those things and that's good. But how many know that the counsellor can't heal the wound? He can just talk to you about what happened and then give you perhaps some suggestions on what can be done in the future. But He cannot heal. Here's what this Scripture says. I want to read it again. Surely He took up our pain. See, some of you would be actually causing dysfunction and pain in your marriage or in your relationships because of what happened to you many years ago. It's just a fact. But here's what Jesus wants to do. He doesn't just want to forgive your sin. He actually wants to heal your pain. He actually wants to heal your soul. Psalm 23 says, He restores my soul. I'm so thankful for a God who doesn't just forgive me, but actually starts to heal me on the inside so I can act completely different. As you've got the wafer in your hand, I want you to close your eyes. Father, we can't do this. Only You can. So in this simple moment of remembering You, I want us all to take a moment and think of Jesus on the cross. Think of Jesus with His arms stretched open, His nails pierced through His hands, pierced through His feet. His back has been beaten. He's got thorns on His, on his head. He's being mocked and being jeered. And He simply looks at the world, says, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. Everything He went through, it was so that He could heal the broken people yes. of this world. Amen. He had thorns put on His head so that we could have peace. He was pierced so that we could be forgiven. He was whipped so that we could be healed. He carried our sorrows. So I just want us in a simple moment of faith, by faith, to say a simple prayer like this. Say, Jesus, I give You my sin. I give You my pains. I give You my griefs. I give You my sorrows. And I ask You, to forgive and to heal and to restore. Thank you, Jesus. Take, break and eat. Why don't you go ahead and open the cup? 
Don't drink it just yet. Scripture says in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18, it says, Though your sins are like scarlet, though they are as red as crimson, it says, they shall be like wool. You know, you and I, without the blood of Jesus, we are separate from God. The Bible says in the Old Testament over and over again that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. That's why Jesus was the Lamb of God to take away the sins of the world. Not just your past sins, but also your present sins and your future sins, but the sin of this world. And when we recognise the blood of Jesus Christ, we recognise how much He's forgiven us. That's why it's so important to stare at Jesus so that we can forgive our partners sometimes, forgive other people sometimes. Let there be forgiveness in your family. And I just want us to pray this simple prayer. Say, Jesus, I honour your blood right now. And I ask you to forgive me. And I ask you, help me be an agent of reconciliation to bring forgiveness wherever I go. May our family never carry that vengeful spirit, but forgive and let go. I release everyone that's hurt me, wounded. I let them go. In Jesus' Name, I forgive them. I pray You strengthen them. I pray You bless them. Have Your way in them. Take and drink. If you close your eyes just for a minute longer. Maybe you took the bread, took the cup today. And you've done that perhaps before. But for some of you, it might have been the first time. I want to explain something very simple to you. That the God of heaven who made you, the God of heaven who spoke and worlds were created, cared enough to intricately form you in your mother's womb. But we live in a fallen world, a, a beautiful but a brutal world. Where pain is, where dysfunction is, where we've caused others pain, where they've caused, caused us pain. And it causes us many times to shake our fist at God. But actually, when we shake our fist at God, we actually affirm the teachings of the Bible that many times we do live in a broken world, but a beautiful world. See, Jesus did not come into the world to condemn the world. The Bible is very, very clear. He came to save it. He came to forgive it. He came to wash away the sin. He literally came so that the Father's relationship with you could be completely reconciled. That, that you could call Him your dad, that you could call Him and He could call you His child, a son and daughter of the Most High God. And the simplicity of that is we receive that by faith. And by faith, we receive His grace. So maybe you're in this place today and you have never said yes to the one who's already said yes to you. You've never said yes to the one who actually does love you and made you and has a plan for your life. But today, I wanna give you that simple opportunity to say yes to Jesus. 
You may not understand it all, but there's something that is drawing your heart right now. And I tell you right now, that's the Holy Spirit who just simply knocks at the door of your heart and says, son, daughter, I want to come in. I want to literally step inside and literally make you new. So if you're here in this place, you say, Pastor Anthony, that is me today. I sense I'm away from God and I want to come close to God. We're going to pray a simple prayer and that prayer can lead you to a person. His name is Jesus. There's no one better than Him. There's no one that can forgive like Him. He offers you and me abundant life and eternal life. So come on, let's pray this simple prayer. Say, Jesus, I open my heart. I invite you to come in. Change everything. Forgive my sin. From this day on, help me walk with you. Help me know you. Help me walk out the plan you have for my life. Thank you, Jesus. With eyes closed all across this place, if you prayed that prayer today, but number one, you're either doing that for the very first time or you know you've been running away from God and you need to come back to God. All across this place, man, I sense there's gonna be so many people all across this place. Would you raise your hand, raise it up high all across this place. Raise it up, raise it up. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. That's awesome today. Raise it long enough, high enough for me to see it. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. It's awesome today. Thank you. Thank you. You can put your hand down. Father, I, I pray your blessing upon every man, every woman who raised their hand today. Help them know you for real. Help them walk with you now. Fill each one of us with the Holy Spirit. Lord, let no one leave this place not being more filled than they came in. Soften hearts, give new vision, bless your people, strengthen them, I pray, in the mighty name of Jesus. Come and if you receive God's Word today, would you give the Lord a hand in the house of God? Praise God, praise God. Yeah, if you are one of those people who raised their hand to give your life to Christ, we want to resource you. We have a gift at our Next Steps counter. When you walk out through the doors, there's a table to your right there. When someone on our team is going to hand you that gift, if you're online, you can text CONNECT7 to 97000. We'll mail that to you. Hey, again, if you're a first-time guest or you've been coming recently, we'd love the opportunity to shake your hand and get to know you. Meet us at our guest lounge. It would just be awesome for us to get to know you then. God bless Church, you guys. Church, we love you. Pray for you. Yes. Have an See amazing you next day. Week. Take care.